Hey guys, welcome to the Gridiron Gauntlet, America's number one football game show. I am Ian, one of your hosts, as with me as always, Mike. Hey. And Derek. What's up? And with us this week, our guest is Nate. How you guys doing? Good, man. How you doing? I'm good. Right on. So uh, where are you from, man? Um, from O'Fallon, Missouri, uh, not too far from St. Louis. So... I guess, well, you guys already know I'm a little bit of a Rams fan, but it's a, yeah. little, controversial. It's a little controversial over there, but yeah, yeah. my, uh, my wife is from, uh, Kansas city. So she has, gotcha. doesn't care about football at all, but <laughs> I, uh, allowed myself to use that as an excuse to jump on the chief's bandwagon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it always blew me away when I found, when I found out that, uh, Kansas city was not in Kansas. Nope. There is, there is a Kansas city in Kansas, but it's not that one. Right. Yeah. It's just (laughs) the fact that there was, there were two major league or two pro sports teams, two pro football teams in Missouri. It just sounds weird to say. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, how long you been doing uh, fantasy football? Um, I've been doing fantasy probably only like four or five years now. Um, just recently started the Twitter page at fantasy turf. Nice. Uh, I kind of just did it just for fun. I just figured, hey, I'm in all these leagues. I like playing fantasy so much. Might as well try to join. go ahead and join the community that's already out there. And so far, I do not regret it one bit. Oh, yeah. It's a great nice. community. Yeah. Yeah, because that's actually how I know Nate. Uh, Nate we, was it you that wanted to start up the league initially? Yeah, I mean – I had never been a part of a dynasty league before. I saw everybody talking about dynasty. And then, so I was like, what is this? Like, I want to get in this. Why am I not a part of this? So I just, I think I made one tweet and I was like, Hey, would anybody uh, be willing to start a dynasty league? And immediately, like within like an hour, I think we had enough people to start a league. So it was pretty awesome. It's a fun league. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool to have a uh, mid season startup. Those are, those are definitely different true yeah man uh you guys got any questions for him so as a uh former rams fan do you still cheer for them or is it kind of a i know a lot of st louis people were a little burned by that decision yeah um it's such a it's such a hard topic i've never really like came out and said that i'm still a rams fan but i mean i think i'm still a rams fan it's hard to it's hard to dislike the players, you know, it's not their right. fault. Yeah. Totally. Stupid on stupid owner, but that's a whole different thing. <laughs> right. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah. You got anything for him, Derek? All right. Well, well I have to ask, because this is America's number one football game show. What's your favorite game show? What's my favorite game show? Wow, I do not watch game shows <laughs> that often. <laughs> well now uh, you have one. I'm, just just throw it way back to like Family Feud or something. That's maybe nice. like the only game show I ever actually watched. But really, yeah, yeah, good one though. Yeah, that's a pretty. That's the common answer. We've only had like five episodes now, but Family Feud and Jeopardy are pretty much the only answers <laughs> <Really>? so far. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. So uh, first section we're gonna do is the coin toss section, uh, and we'll let our computer host Sarah introduce that.
As always our show will begin with the coin toss section, in which our guest is asked three questions based on NFL current events. Each question will have two possible answers. Up to 20 points can be earned in this section and the number of questions our guest answers correctly will determine their position in our upcoming primetime picks draft. Let the coin toss begin. Alright, so, for the coin toss, the first question, uh, Jalen Hurts, this weekend, is going to be the youngest starting quarterback for the Eagles ever, after who, was it Randall Cunningham or Donovan McNabb was the youngest before him? I'm going to go Cunningham. Yep. Mike? All right. So, Dallas has allowed the most 200-plus rushing yard games this in the NFL this season. Not only is that the most this season, it's only two games shy of their single-season franchise record. First time, the, the most was in 1960, which is the first year the Cowboys ever existed. Is it four 200-plus rushing yard games this season or five? I, I, I mean, I feel like just from watching it, I would think it would only be four. That's correct. Four is correct. The single-season record is six. So you've right, got nice. a couple weeks left, Derek. <laughs> Good rubbing it in. All right, fun fact real quick. If you guys want to humor me before I give my coin toss. With Tuesday night's game of the Ravens and Cowboys, this is the first season in NFL history that a game has actually been played on every single day of the week. Thank you, 2020. <laughs> All right. Anyway, I thought that was kind of fun. It'd be fun to share. Yeah. So for my question for this week, this week was historic for the Browns in many different ways. The most astonishing piece of history was that the Browns scored the most points in the first half of a game in their entire franchise history. Did they score 35 or 38 points in the first half of this week's game? 35. 38. Dang. Yeah. Dang. <laughs> Sorry, I knew Baker threw four touchdowns. I didn't I didn't I didn't remember a field goal in there. Yeah. But yeah. What a great half that was, too. That's why I went with 35, had the chicken. <laughs> yeah. Nice. All right. So those that was the uh, coin toss. So you got two right. So uh, for our primetime picks draft, that means you are going to go second. So the order is going to be myself, Nate, Derek, and then Mike. In our primetime picks section, we will hold a four-round snake draft where our guests will challenge our hosts to see who the greatest drafter is. Each drafter will select a quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end in any order they feel is most strategic. The player pool consists only of those playing in primetime games this upcoming weekend and each player will accrue PPR fantasy points. Let the drafting begin. All right, so this week's primetime games, we have the Patriots versus the Rams, the Steelers versus the Bills, and the Ravens versus the Browns. And I'm going first on the clock, so I have to figure out who I'm going to take. And it's looking like there are some decent quarterbacks, so I think I'm going to hold off on that for a minute. Um, Running backs are actually probably the most scarce by a lot. So I'm going to go with Nick Chubb first off. Okay, okay. So it's off to you, Nate. All righty. Hmm. I would agree that the running backs are probably the the more scarce here. And I think I'm going to go ahead and take Akers. 
I think he's uh, he's trending up big time. For I'm sure. Acres. Yeah. The Rams are weird this year. I feel like they uh, have a lot of good pieces. Sean McVay's a good coach. It's almost like they're trying to do. Like they're trying to, he's trying, he's out thinking himself. I don't know. I feel like, and they're not just sticking to what's worked for them in the past. They're like always trying to give it to multiple players or spread the ball around. I don't know. I don't know what the deal is. Maybe it's golf, but it seems strange that they can't really get it together. All right. Well, sticking with the running back theme because it's the best two already off the board. And I just pulled them up and James Connor was activated off the COVID list today. So I'm going to go ahead and lock in. James Connor. Well, it's not fun to be the last one to take a running back, but at least it means that I don't have to take it now. So that means <clears throat> I don't think wide receiver is, I don't really need to do that. There's a lot of good choices here. I mean, you know, you got three on the Steelers. Um, but that being said, I do think that tight end is a little trickier. Because even with the big names that are on these teams, it's just not panned out in the past. Mark Andrews got reactivated, but the Browns, I mean, that should be a good matchup. Like, it should be a good game. He'll probably be necessary. So I think I'm going to go with Mark Andrews' first pick. And then I'm going to take Josh Allen. Smart. And hopefully he plays as well as he did last week because Steelers ain't no cake matchup. Mm-hmm. Hmm. All right. Well, you took really the only viable tight end off the board. <laughs> so I think I'm just going to skip that all together for now. And oh, man. I'm debating between going ahead and jumping on the first wide receiver or grabbing a quarterback. I think I'm going to go ahead and take uh, Stefan Diggs. Good pick. Yeah, it is a good pick. Debating between Diggs or a quarterback, but Diggs is. Dang, Diggs is a good pick. I kind of want to steer away from the obvious Steelers choices here. Oh, but I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm going to go Deontay (laughs) Johnson. Deontay Johnson. I like that. It's a good pick. Yeah, he consistently gets the most targets of those guys. Whether or not he always gets great targets, and it maybe is a juju week in the red zone, I think Deontay Johnson's probably the highest upside. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, in elite in one of these though, like you only pick one of four running one of four wide receivers, like taking those Steelers, it could be anybody any week. But yeah. But Deontay Johnson, I agree. That's a great pick. I feel like I might want to go wide receiver here too. So I don't have, so I'm not stuck with the last one. But uh I don't love the picks, honestly. Actually, I think I'm gonna go quarterback. I'm going to go with Cam this week. Interesting. All right. I like it. And then I'm going to go Eric Ebron. Cam Newton, Eric Ebron off board. Yes, sir. All right. Back to you, Nate. 
All right. Um, feeling like I need to pick up a quarterback, but I also don't feel that worried about it. We're doing just one running back, one receiver, or mm-hmm. correct one okay, and position. one and one tight end. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I feel like I'm not as worried about the quarterback position since you guys already took Josh Allen and Cam. I think I want. I want to go ahead and take Austin Hooper on this one. Ah, uh, Hooper, crap! <laughs> nice. All right, Derek, back to you. Hooper was going to be my pick right there. So three tight ends off the board. I can wait on tight end. So I'm going to go ahead and pick my quarterback, and I'm going to take uh, Lamar Jackson and hope he does just halfway decent. Not a bad pick. It's a yeah. important game for both teams. Should be good. Mm-hmm. All right. That means it's my turn. Uh, I got to take my wide receiver and my running back. Mm. I feel like if Baker plays the way that he did last week, I kind of want to go. That direction? I, I don't know. That's that's too scary. I think. Mike, <laughs> I think I'm going to pivot. It's okay. No, it's no. okay, dude. No, 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 do no, no, it. no, 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 no. <laughs> You're just no, convincing you me to. not to do it. <laughs> I am going to go a completely different direction, and I am going to take. I'm trying to decide between one of the two. Give me Robert Woods. Mm. Ooh, I don't I know. Got- that, I mean, you would think that would be a good pick, but I think that he's going to be matched up against Stefan Gilmore this week. Yeah. Yeah, you're not wrong. Could be a tough one for sure. Cup, Cup might be the play, but Woods is but Woods Cup's is just been, stout. Yeah, Cup's just not been what he – I mean, he's been he's been great, I'm sure, but it's not he's not been what he was. Last year, last year he was what, wide receiver four at the end of the year, and mm-hmm. he's just – that. like I said earlier, the Rams are just weird. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. So now, what you need a running back? Oh yeah, sorry, still me. Uh, <laughs> yep. So then I am going to take my final running back, and I want to. Part of me wants to take J.K. Dobbins as like a glory play, like because I want him to do well, and like that'd be cool. But I also kind of want to just take Kareem Hunt because that feels safer, even though it hasn't necessarily been. Mm-hmm. I think I'm going to go with. Gosh, I think that the Browns might win that game. Ooh, and I'm going to go say that. I'm going to go hunt. How glorious would that be if the Browns won this week? <laughs> it's very very possible. They're playing good. Yeah. I mean, they they could possibly be 10 and 3 at the end of this week. And how have just beaten the Ravens. How insane would that be? I'm just this has never happened to me before. As a Browns fan, <laughs> this has never has never felt this good. Gotta say, I am slightly cheering for them. <laughs> yeah, it's a cool story. Yeah, exactly. I just, uh, I think it's I, sorry. I think it's just interesting to see the dynamic of what people have been saying about Baker switch from the first half of the season to the second mm-hmm. half of the season. Yeah, like, come on, guys. 
Like, yeah. you, you can't say he's a bust, and then when he plays a couple of good games, he's a good starter. Like, yeah, yeah. Bust, bust means bad, like, period. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right, Derek, last pick. Uh, it's dirty and nasty, and I don't want to pick it. Um, so I'm down to either pretty much Dawson Knox or taking a dart throw at Higby or Everett. Gross. And I don't even know who the Pats tight end is, so that's just <laughs> not even an option. Um, so I think I'm just going to take a chance with the floor of Everett, I think. All right. Nate, last pick. You are missing a wide receiver. Oh, I'm sorry, a quarterback. A QB. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go ahead and follow up with what Mike said. And I think that the Browns are going to take the W also. So I'm going to go ahead and take Baker Mayfield this week. Ian's just glowing. Uh, dude, <laughs> this Brown, the confidence in the Browns hearing on podcasts and just random people saying, oh, the Browns will definitely, oh, they should win this week. That's just, you never hear that yeah. ever. It feels great. And now for my last pick, I need a wide receiver. And I tell you what, I'm a I'm gonna follow the Browns train. I'm gonna go with Jarvis. All right, I like it. I like it. Yeah, forgot so, about Jarvis. Yeah, well, I thought you were gonna pick him at one point. You said something earlier that indicated to me like you were gonna take him, so I was scared. But I thought about it. I was gonna you take know, him. But had then I, I remembered, direction. yeah, had I remembered, I might have taken him over Diggs earlier. But that's all right. Over digs, really? So. I think so. Wow. I think Jarvis wow. is going to another big game this week. I yeah, hope so. He, he was the one <laughs> I was thinking about taking over Dante Johnson, but then I talked myself out of it. Just yeah. didn't sound right. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm, <laughs> I'm glad he fell to the very last pick. I'm, I'm glad to take him. Yeah, I almost pivoted completely and just waited till the end for wide receiver, and my, my backup was going to be Cole Beasley. But, you know, I figured that might have been a little too much of a risk. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, that is the end of the draft. Uh, we uh, got the results from last week's draft. Um, Jonah actually ended up in fourth place, so he got he gets zero points uh, to add on to his current total, um, which sucks. Uh, so he's not going to catch Jeremy this week, but uh, he still had a heck of a game. And now we're going to move on to uh, our trivia section. In our trivia section, two of our hosts will help guide our guests to the correct answers of five trivia questions prepared by our weekly trivia moderator. Hosts will share their thoughts, then our guest will decide to heed their advice or go in alone to submit an answer. Our guest can earn up to 30 points in this section. Let the trivia begin. All right, thanks Sarah for that introduction. We're moving into Rams trivia this week because our guest Nate is a Rams fan. So my first question for you guys is, with this weekend's blowout win against the Chargers, Bill Belichick becomes the first coach in NFL history to win a game in 50 different stadiums. Of the available stadiums he could play in since he started his coaching career, what two stadiums has he never won at? A, Allegiant and U.S. Bank Stadium. B, 
Mercedes-Benz Superdome and Allegiant Stadium, C, SoFi Stadium, and First Energy Stadium. Wow. Hmm. Well, can you give me those choices again? Allegiant and U.S. Bank, or Raiders and Vikings, Mercedes-Benz Superdome, Saints and Raiders, or SoFi Stadium, Rams and Browns. Hmm. So these are the ones he ne- he hasn't won at. These are the only two active stadiums that he has never won a game at as a coach. Okay. Wow. I thought this would be the easier way. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I kind of want to lean towards. I feel like one of them would be the Saints. Maybe mm-hmm. I'm wrong. I feel like Drew Brees and the Saints are like really good at home. Right. I think I think that's a good call. And just as we've discussed in other episodes, metagame type stuff, I don't think it's A because that doesn't have Saints or Browns in the answer. So True. this is probably a Saints or Browns question, which is why B and C have that. So I, I think it's – I would go with the Saints option too if I had to pick. But I will say I'm pretty sure – the the Patriots steamrolled the Browns. This was two years ago in Cleveland. I want to say they did beat them in Cleveland like two years ago. Um, I remember a, pr- a pretty big loss. It could have been in Gillette, but I want to say it was a big home loss. So I'm going to roll with with B. I mean, Mike, you got anything on that or no? Actually, I uh, I timed out for a minute there again, so I missed the options again after I asked oh, him to read them. <laughs> My internet freaked out. <laughs> All right. For Mike, a third time. Allegiant and U.S. Bank Stadium. Mercedes-Benz and Allegiant Stadium. SoFi and First Energy Stadium. And it's which one have they not won in? Have, has Bill which, Belichick not won? Yeah, which two has he never won in as a coach? Okay. Yeah, I, I, would, I, I don't know that they've ever come to New Orleans and beaten us. So I'll go with that one. All right, so I mean, Nate. I, I, yeah, I think I'm going to have to go B on that one. It makes the most sense in my head, at least. Mm-hmm. All right, so you're all wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. It's, it's not C, because hoping you would catch that the Rams and Chargers play in the same stadium, and they just went in and gave the Chargers their butt whooping, so I eliminated C right off the bat. And it's not B. I don't know why, but it's not. <laughs> the answer is A, Allegiant and U.S. Bank, Raiders and Vikings. Oh, I played uh, the metagame too hard. You did. I was, trying Boy, to give a, I was trying to give the freebie to eliminate C right away since the Rams and Chargers play in the same stadium and they just completely annihilated the Chargers at home. You know, we probably could have figured that out. Those are the two newest, of. I mean, other than SoFi. Because yeah. they've I probably not even played at Allegiant yet. Sorry. <laughs> I tried to make this one a little easier. <laughs> I blame myself for that, guys. I think, I don't know what happened, but as soon as it finished downloading the re- first recording, my internet wigged out and I had to switch <laughs> Wi Fi signals. It's all right. You just screwed right. up his entire points. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> you know, maybe right, Jeremy paid me question. too. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> question number two. It's a bit of a long-winded question, but I wanted to give some fun facts to it. So, uh, January 19th, 2019, the Los Angeles Rams 
are heading to Atlanta for Super Bowl 53, but not after receiving a little bit of help. The Rams ultimately beat the Saints in overtime, 26-23, to in what was a sloppy game for both teams, but even sloppier game by the officials. The worst officiating call of the game, or should I say lack of a call, ultimately resulted in the downfall of the Saints. So the Saints got the ball back with five minutes left in the fourth quarter after the Rams made a field goal drive starting from their own nine-yard line. The Saints were able to march down the field and kick a field goal having a 23-20 lead. However, they had left too much time on the clock for the Rams, who had another three-point scoring drive of their own, to send the game into overtime. But this was the final field goal. The final field goal by the Rams was made possible by one of the biggest blown calls in NFL history. So much so that Roger Goodell even admitted to it and apologized to the Saints organization that same evening. On that previously mentioned field goal drive by the Saints, they were forced to kick the field goal with a minute 45 left instead of getting a fresh set of downs, running the clock down further, and ultimately making a score for the win due to a missed pass interference call and helmet-to-helmet hit delivered by a Rams defensive back to which Saints wide receiver? A. Michael Thomas, B. Tommy Lee Lewis, or C. Traquan Smith? I remember this <laughs> like it was yesterday. I yeah. don't necessarily. I think it was Tommy Lee Lewis. Me too. It wasn't Michael Thomas. But, God, that why did you have to read that to me, Derek? Yeah. <laughs> they changed a rule in the NFL because of this stupid call. And then they changed it back, but still. <laughs> it was the reason for the year of challenging non-calls. Yep. I thought this was the perfect one for a question. <laughs> the yeah. whole time you were reading it, I just kept thinking, this is such a kick in the nuts to Mike. <laughs> <laughs> As Ian said, we kind of try to one up each other and, and give some subtle yeah. pokes at each other whenever we can. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Um, and honestly, as soon as you said Tommy, like I knew, I knew you were going to say Michael Thomas as an option, but I knew that wasn't it. But Tommy Lee Lewis, as soon as you said it immediately, that sparked. Like I remember that, that too. I mean, it was a huge moment. So I'm 90% sure it's Tommy Lee Lewis. It was worse than the Minneapolis miracle for sure. <laughs> <laughs> that was like the year before. All right. So uh, yeah, yeah, I wanna... yeah. So we got Tommy Lee Lewis by Ian same. Yeah, I'm going to have to roll with same. them on this one. All right. Correct answer is Tommy Lee Lewis. Good job. Right nice. on. Good stuff. Bonus, bonus question here. Bonus. If any of you can answer the bonus, Nate will get the point. Who was the Rams defensive back that defended that play? Do we get multiple choice? <laughs> you do not. I did not develop multiple choice for the bonus. <laughs> That's oh, why I said man. any of the three of you can answer it correctly for him. <laughs> His name is on the tip of my tongue because I remember him posting, uh, tweeting about it and stuff like that, and it was a big old controversy. But I, I don't remember. Ian, you want to take a guess? Oh, Ian, I'm, guess. I'm, I'm trying so hard to just think of. Do you know any Rams DBs from that year? Because I could tell you if you say his name. <laughs> I mean, the ones I'm, like, I'm thinking. The ones I'm thinking of, I don't think were it. Um, like Marcus Peters. I, 
not a diff, it wasn't Marcus Peters, but he's just he wasn't yeah. on the team yet. I don't think. Was he not? I don't think so. I think it was the year before. Okay. I want to say it was a safety or a slot corner, um, whose name I can't think of. Do yeah, you know no. what? Do you know what year Janoris Jenkins went to the Saints? I don't. I don't, but I don't think it was them. I mean, yeah. it was last year, I think he went. He yeah. hadn't been there long. Yeah. What is it, Derek? Tell me so that I can know immediately. All right. So no bonus points for that one, but it is Nickel Robbie Coleman. Ah, I knew it was a, like a oh. hyphenated name. Yeah. There might be another chance for bonus in here. I'll have to see if I can find one. Ooh. <laughs> All right. Question number three. You got to think way back in history for this one. The formerly known Cleveland Rams became the Los Angeles Rams in 1946. This happens to be the same year Cleveland got their next football team, the Browns. Within the first 10 years of these teams, these two teams being in the NFL, so 1946 to 1955, how many times did the current Cleveland Browns and formerly known Cleveland Rams play each other in the playoffs? A. One, B, three, C, five. During that 10-year span. Oh. So how many times did the Rams and the Browns play each other in the playoffs? In the playoffs during that 10-year span from 46 to 55. Well, that was 10 years before my mom was born. So <laughs> I had to go back far to find a Rams-Browns <laughs> question. Well, what, was the, what was the first option? One year, three, sorry, one year, one time, three times, or five times. As a diehard Browns fan, I have, I think I know the answer to this. <laughs> All right, what do you got here? We're waiting. I'm just, I'm just kidding. I have no idea. Uh, three. <laughs> three. I don't know. I like, I like that moderation there, Ian. Um, <laughs> I don't think it's five because if he had a 10 year span and he had to go back that far, I don't know. I don't feel like that it would be 10. I mean, five. Um, so I think it's probably one or three. One stands out to me just because it's like, oh, maybe they only played one time. But like Ian, I don't have any logic behind these other than <laughs> guessing. <laughs> part, so there you go. Part of me thinks it could be five just because that would be insane. Because, like, why would he even say five? Like, such a high number if that was, you know, he'd be like, oh, well, come on, you can eliminate that five times in 10 years. Why would they do that? But mm, again, it's stupid. I, it's not really good logic, but that's because I have no idea what the answer is. So, could, you know, I'm going to say five. You're on your own in this one, Nate. This is the hardest question of all five, just to give that out there. <laughs> we always have one that's at least before the 50s. Yeah. Man, I am, I'm not sure at all. I know I was trying to watch Derek's face to see if he'd give away anything. <laughs> Ooh, I like that. That's how me and Ian answer questions. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think he gave away anything, though. Dang. Uh, I don't know. I, I want to go five. I want to go five. I love it. Be bold. The correct answer is three. Oh. <laughs> Dang it. To, to get your bonus five points back. Ooh. 
what is the Browns' record in those three games against the Rams? Let's well, look at the other round. What's the Rams' was. record versus the Browns? Let's ask it that okay. way. It's a Rams questionnaire. So how many of the three games did the Rams win? Shoot your you shot, three bro. Spin your spin. <laughs> three games. How many times did they beat them? The Rams beat the Browns. In the playoffs, right? Correct. Yep. I will say one. Well, so one actually, two? should I lock it in or should I ask them? <laughs> Oh, you guys I mean, think? we didn't know how many games My it was, opinion, so I don't think we have any. It, it, <laughs> as, no a, as a Browns fan, I want to say the Browns won every single one, but I like, <laughs> I like, I'll give them one. Let's do one. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm feeling the one. One is correct. Nice. Ooh, so you get those five points anyway. Good job. Hey, so, nice. fun facts. In 1950, the Rams lost to the Browns 30-28 to in the NFL championship. So all three times they faced each other was actually in the championship game. Really? Really? Yep. In 1951, the next year, the Rams then beat the Browns 24-17 to in the NFL championship. And then a couple years later, in 1955, the Rams lost again 38-14 to in the NFL championship. Man, I had to dig deep for those. <laughs> usually don't hear Browns and championship in the same sentence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they got two of them. Right might, <laughs> we might hear it this year, though. Oh, hey. don't, oh, don't say no. that. <laughs> don't jinx it. Getting them yeah. started. In our, uh, before we turned into the game show podcast, we had, uh, we had predictions on who would go into the Super Bowl this year. I had the Seahawks and the Browns just to be bold. And I'm feeling good <laughs> about it right now. <laughs> You might be right. <laughs> we could be. All right. Fourth question. I don't think I have any more bonuses. I think that was the end of the bonus rounds. Um, actually, I probably could make another one out of the next one, too. Ooh. All right. So while researching the Rams, I came across actually a lot of different famous plays and moments. I was kind of surprised that there was that many. Um, so some of them were like they were the actual first team to have a logo on their helmet in 1948. Uh, 1951, the Rams set and still hold the record for the most passing yards in a single game, 554 by Norm Van Brocklin. I have no idea who that is. Or in 1990, another good one was was when Willie Flipper Anderson caught the game-winning sudden-death touchdown and kept right on running out the back of the end zone into the – through the player's tunnel, into the locker room, and then there's actually a rumor floating around the internet that he continued to run right out onto Interstate 80 and is still running to this day. <laughs> <laughs> Believe what you want. So, but the fact that I'm going to ask about is in the year 1984. On December 9th, 1984. That's today. Eric Dickerson. Oh, look at that. It is. What a coincidence. I did that intentionally. <laughs> um, on December 9th, 1984, Eric Dickerson broke whose single season rushing record? Walter Payton, Tony Dorsett, or OJ Simpson? And to give you a hint, Dickerson finished the season with 2,105 yards. If that helps. Walter Payton, Tony Dorsett, or OJ Simpson? I think it was OJ. OJ sounds. Based on so last week we had a Bills fan mm-hmm, on here, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Jonah. We talked a couple times about OJ and uh, that he had the what that two thousand two thousand yards. Season. Yep, and that was in seventy six yeah. in the seventies. Right. So OJ, 
like he said, like his lowest of the year was like, I don't remember what exactly it was, but it just, he blew up like every game. So yeah. I would imagine one of them was a huge game. Cause if he had over 2000 yards, I mean, OJ feels right. You said that was in the 70s, though. And this is a question about 84, correct? Well, he's saying that the previous single-game record. Oh. Single-season record. Right. Okay. All right. So, based on just last week's trivia, I feel like O.J. Simpson feels right, like fresh, but. Well, I have no clue, so I'm going to lock that in. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. All right. Correct answer is OJ Simpson. Let's go. Nice. He had 2,003 yards in 1973. All right. Yeah. That was probably the year. (laughs) Cause you know what? (laughs) He could have had, he could have kept that record if it hadn't been for that game against the saints where he didn't get any. (laughs) Very true. I didn't even put two and two together. We had talked about OJ last week. I forgot all about that. Yeah. Mike should be, Um, Mike's very intimately. He knows the the bill the bills now the bills history. Yes, and after, I watched after all the research you did last week. I yeah. uh, wrote the script for a bills documentary, and then I realized that somebody <laughs> had already made the four falls of Buffalo. So never mind. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right, I will throw another bonus points question at you. Don't know the point value. Depends on if you get it right or not. I'll make my mind up. Um, <laughs> how many running backs in total? have a over 2,000 rushing yard season. Hmm. Mm. Now, Derek, do you know if this is Super Bowl era only? Or do you know if like... Because like, the merger. Yeah, like merger. Because, I mean, I, you know, I don't want to... The wanna... earliest person on the list is O.J. Simpson in 1973. Okay, well, that okay. answers I'll that. I'll give then. you that much. Okay. <laughs> So we uh, like how many times has record been broken since then? You know you have two already from the question. Yeah, OJ and Eric Dickerson. I want I mean Chris Johnson. Obviously. Uh, right. CJ two K, right? Right. Uh I think Adrian Peterson did it once when he LT. won an offensive player of the year, Lydia Aladanian Tomlinson. So I mean, that's right, you're up to four. You said, uh, oh, said Adrian Peterson up the four, and 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 Ladanian Tomlinson. So we've got five with the two okay. we already had. Uh, do, you think, do you think Emmett Smith did it? I mean, he's got the record right of of most Probably. rushing yards. So I and would say, and there's got to be at least one that we're missing. So <laughs> I would say seven. I think the another one that we probably got to put in there is probably Barry Sanders, right? Because he's yeah third on the list or he's like third or fifth on the list of most rushing yards all time. And he did that in 10 years. So he's got to have a 2000 yarder in there. I would think. Sure. Makes so sense. I, like, to me. That. I yeah. like that math there. I mean, those seven at least I would say, but I mean, I don't know if there's any or many more. I'm going with hmm. seven. Is that what we're doing? What do you think, well, it's, it's up to Nate. Uh, Why don't I? I'll just say eight, just because. I like it. All right. Well, eight makes sense because of the two extra people you had listed, Ian. You would think Emmett Smith and LT would be on that list, but neither of them actually are. Really? Mm. Really? Yeah, I was surprised as well. 
Um, so it's actually six. It is OJ and Dickerson, uh, Barry Sanders in 1997, Terrell Davis in 1998, mm. Jamal Lewis in 2003. I was surprised by that one too. Chris Johnson in 2009. And the most recent being Adrian Peterson in 2012. Hmm. So I so, guess there, there's one in there we were wrong about. I don't know. I don't remember him right now, but damn. Yeah, you miss mentioning Terrell Davis and Jamal Lewis. Jamal Lewis, yeah. And we did mention Emmett Smith and LT. Emmett right. Smith and LT. Okay. So that was pretty good, though. That was close. No extra points. Yeah. That was a pretty good discussion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, last one. This will be a type of question we haven't had yet, so it's going to be fun. Prior to the start of the 2020 season, the Rams and Cowboys have played each other 26 times in the regular season and nine times in the playoffs. The last time they played each other in the playoffs, the Rams won with a score of 30 to 22. This was the final game for which Cowboys coach, who happened to also be the Rams head coach during the stretch of three years where the two teams played each other once during each of those three seasons. A, Jim Haslett, B, Rob Marinelli, or C, Scott Linen. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Man, being born, being born in 97 uh, does not help with this question here. Right. <laughs> uh, I... I don't recognize I any think, of those I names. I think the coach. I think the coach that is the right answer was probably right around that time frame. So a little before your TV viewing yeah, started, yeah. probably. <laughs> yeah, another one of those old man questions because Mike and I were like six years old then. <laughs> so I don't recognize. Um, I don't recognize any of the names personally. Really? See, I even picked names that I thought were a bit more recognizable. Give me the names again. One last time. Yeah. I'm going to focus this time. Yeah. <laughs> Jim Haslett, Rob Marinelli, or Scott Linen? I feel like, gosh, sometimes it's, it feels so risky saying the things that are in my mind because I could be completely wrong and look like a total fool. <laughs> but I feel like Haslett is more recent than that. Um, Remember the now I'll say anything. Keep trying. Go with your <laughs> no. Come on. Almost got a hint. <laughs> you almost did. Remember, <laughs> it, it was a know. head coach for the Rams, and I just said a coach for the Cowboys. Mm. Oh. Mm. So it didn't have to be the head coach. That's just wrong. <laughs> uh, I feel like B, I feel like you just want me to say B for some reason. So I'm not going to do that. Ooh. <laughs> he also almost gave me a hint after I said it wasn't Haslett. So. Right? <laughs> well, I was going to give a hint regardless, but I decided not to because I think it would have really given the answer away. <laughs> yeah. Well, I feel like there was so much consideration from Derek after you said Hassel. Like, I think he really wanted to 
to convince you not to pick it or something. So I, yeah, again, no, no. He wants you to succeed. He gave you several bonuses. So I feel like he was like, (laughs) oh, wait, don't listen to Mike. He's an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) This five round trivia question turned into like 20 today. Sorry. (laughs) The guy talking (laughs) doesn't know what he's talking about. (laughs) I feel like this is more of a psychology class or something here. Right. This is, this is every week. Me and Ian don't know anything about football. We just try to read each other. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, I think I like that. I think I like that option. I'll, I'll go ahead and I'll go with that there. With Haslett? Yeah, Haslett. All right. Correct answer is Scott Linen. He was the Cowboys, <laughs> off, he was the Cowboys offensive coordinator who was fired after losing that game to the Rams in the playoffs. And then we hired Kellen Moore. And he also was the Rams head coach, which I didn't jot down the years, but I think it was mid nineties for there for a while for the Rams. Mm. Dang. Man, so close, right? So right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's even worse now because we uh we're trying so hard to read Derek. I think he knows that, so he's trying yeah. to do the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> oh god but my, my, my interruption of mike really was not trying to steer you guys one way or the other it really wasn't it was just happened to be bad timing because i was thinking of giving a hint but then stopped <laughs> i think you overestimated us that you could have given that hint and we probably still would have got it wrong <laughs> well, 100 yeah, yeah. i don't know any of those names uh, yeah all right no what? really uh marinelli is a defensive coordinator i yeah. think I've heard. Oh, oh, yeah, sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) This is the first. That was the first coach question we've had on the show. So I tried it out. Probably won't do any more of those. (laughs) Yeah, they have to be defensive line coach for the Raiders. Right now, he is correct. Well, he's doing a mildly decent job. (laughs) I think he was a coordinator though for seventy-one. He's seventy-one years old. Is he? Yes. Well, I guess if he was a head coach 20 years ago, I mean, that makes sense. Or longer than 20 years ago. Our, I think he was the Cowboys defensive coordinator for a while, too. He was. From 14 on the list. until last year. From 2014 till 2019, he was the Dallas Cowboys defensive coordinator. That's what I thought. Nice. He was the head coach of the Lions from 06 to 08. I did not know that. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, All right. Well, I guess that's trivia. That was ridiculous as always (laughs) yeah um but uh you got three questions right including that bonus you got so uh a total of 15 points right on top of the two you got right uh, the two you got right from the coin toss so that's uh total right now you have 25 points and you can like i said earlier you can uh, add more points at the end of this uh after our primetime picks like after we know the results of the draft Oh, okay. Yeah. So now we are going to move on to the debate. All right. All right. In our debate section, our guests will challenge one of our hosts on a topic provided for them before the start of our show. The debate will be judged by our other two hosts and they will base their final decisions on the merit of the arguments, not personal or preconceived opinion. After each contestant shares their opening remarks, the floor will be open to discussion for four minutes. Let the debate begin. 
All right, Nate. We're going to start the debate here. This week, Ian asked Nate if he thinks, which he thinks is more valuable, pass rush or coverage. Nate chose his side, and they will now give opening statements, and then the clock will start. Go right ahead, Nate. Okay. I went ahead and said that I think the pass rush is more valuable because even if there's blown coverage and you have Aaron Donald running in your face, you might not see that that blown coverage, right? So, and it, it's kind of different maybe for different QBs, um, depending on how fast they release the ball in the pocket or if they are a scrambling quarterback or if they're a stationary quarterback. So it's kind of different, but I think all in all, I think that whenever you're being pressured, you're mo more likely to make mistakes. Um, and those mistakes, will, they can be interceptions. They could be uh, fumbling because you're trying to sit in the pocket and trying to make that pass. And then all of a sudden, here you go, you get hit or something. Um, so I think that a lot of mistakes can be made when a quarterback is pressured. And sometimes they don't even have the time to maybe notice the coverage because before the play even starts, the defense could be in one formation and then all of a sudden it switches as soon as the play, as soon as the ball snap and they were showing a different coverage than what they were actually going to do. So um, I just feel like there's so many more room for errors whenever there's a, a strong pass rush present. And I mean, I think that's pretty much my two cents. Right on. Um, yeah, I have a similar thought process on the coverage side of it. Um, you know, you mentioned, uh, you know, causing pressure and, and making mistakes and interceptions, which is, uh, which is funny because I was thinking that in terms of, you know, in, in catching those interceptions, you need a solid coverage unit, I think, right. um, which it doesn't have to be if it's a poorly thrown ball. But, but I think that, you know, something valuable to look for in a coverage unit is, is turnovers and turnovers, in my opinion, are, are the most valuable thing a defense can do. I mean, of course that, you know, you want to shut down a guy or you want to, uh, you know, prevent yardage and gains and stuff, but, but turnovers, I mean, just getting the ball back for your offense is probably the most valuable thing you can do. And so the pass rush, it does benefit the coverage unit and, and in order to help them make an interception. But, but, you know, the pass rush, when it gets to the quarterback, you know, they can cause a fumble or they can cause a sack. So I'd say the sack is, you know, the most effective thing they can do. And a sack is beneficial, but it's not as great as a turnover, which was, you know, the interception being the most common turnover in football. And so the coverage unit, whether it's benefited from the, from the pass rush, from pressure, or they could just, you know, create an interception on their own. It's, it's super valuable to have those turnovers. Um, but another thing I feel like that's important from the, uh, the coverage perspective is uh, it's sort of the opposite of the pass rush. So you've got, you've got one elite pass rusher, like Aaron Donald, like you mentioned. Um, he can line up in spots against the weak link, right? And that's what they'll probably do is they'll line up the best pass rusher against the weak link on the offensive line so that, that he can get to the quarterback. And coverage unit, it's the opposite. You don't want to put – obviously, you don't want to put the best corner on the worst receiver. You want to, You have to have a great corner, a great 
DB to shut down the best guy. So to always have a top guy, you know, like you can, you can line up matchups to eliminate the weak link. But, but on the coverage side, you have to make sure that you have a top guy to go against the top guy. I mean, I would definitely, that second point you made, that is a huge point because just how like we were talking earlier that Stefan Gilmore is most likely going to line up against Robert Woods. Um, and that's like the game plan they have to go in with. But see, I think when we're talking about someone like Aaron Donald matching up with maybe the weak link, I think that it disrupts the entire offense's game plan because if you haven't noticed, I'm sure you guys have, they're putting two to three guys on Aaron Donald. So it's it's literally disrupting everything that they have done probably previously. It disrupts the way that they have to prepare for the game coming forward because they already know, hey, we're going to have to put two or three guys on Aaron Donald this week, and then we're going to have to worry about, um, you know, this guy coming from the right or something. You know, you're going to have a whole different worry because somebody – there's going to be at least a couple of plays where somebody just comes in not getting blocked. So I just think when you have a strong person on that defensive end, it can literally disrupt your entire game plan. Yeah. And then I, I mean, I had a stat here. Um, I don't know if I really want to bag on Carson Wentz or anything, but <laughs> um, Carson Wentz through the first 13 games, he was pressured 141 times. Um, that caused him to hurry up 40 times. And then that caused a completion rate of 57.4%. Um, and then that caused him to throw 15 interceptions. So like how you were saying that interceptions, you need a good, uh, you know, you need a good, you know, coverage or whatever and to get those valuable interceptions. But a lot of those interceptions come from the quarterback being pressured, being hurried, being, you know, nervous and all that other stuff and making those mistakes. So and another thing, I also think that, I mean, someone like Aaron Donald, this isn't going to really really apply to, but I think like defensive ends and uh, the defensive line, those guys are kind of like a dime a dozen. Like you can kind of, you know, put some big guys on the line and they're going to make things happen basically. But it's much harder to find someone like Stephon Gilmore or Richard Sherman or even Tyron Matthew, a safety. It's those guys are so much harder to find than just putting a big body on the defensive line. Sure. No, I get that. Um, I think uh, the only it's time for Nate. So Ian, what do you got? Okay. Um, The only thing I would say to that, and I I think that might speak to my side a little bit is now a lot of this, we've been talking about individual players, like you said, Stefan Gilmore, Aaron Donald, all that type of stuff. But I think when you're loading up either unit I would rather load up a a rotation of DBs, of average DBs with like a top guy as opposed to an average defensive line with a top guy because especially value-wise, you're going to probably be paying a ton for that top guy on the defensive line. You're going to need one to be effective, like one top guy, Khalil Mack, Miles Garrett, Aaron Donald. You're paying that guy a ton. And not only you're paying him a ton, but if you want to draft a good one, those guys, you know, you're you're using a top five draft pick. So right there, that's sometimes you're even having to bypass a quarterback that you might need. You know, Chase Young, they bypass. You know, they're like, well, we'll go with with Dwayne Haskins, and we'll see if that works out. And it didn't. And then went with the the 
you know, the D lineman, you would never, I mean, yeah, the Lions went with Jeff Akuda third overall, but traditionally uh, cornerbacks go later. You know, cornerbacks, you don't have to waste as high of a pick on, and there's so many so deep that you can more effectively draft an av- at least an average unit without having to overpay like you would, I think, on the defensive line. And I think more often than not, um, it's just, val- like I said, value-wise, since we're talking the most valuable, I would rather have that much more money to pay for the rest of my team because you can just keep signing guys who are maybe not great on another team who you can reclaim you know, for a low price, but with a defensive lineman, I feel like a lot of times, you know what you're going to get and you're going to have to pay top dollar. That might be the best point that you have on your side. I'm not going to lie. Bringing in the draft. I mean, I wasn't even thinking of that, to be honest. Yeah. You got a good point though, because you do have to spend pretty high picks in order to get those big body guys on the defensive end. Mm-hmm. Also, what's time for both of you guys, unless you want to add any quick closing statements? I'm good. I think I got enough of my point out. Yeah, I think I'm good. All right. Well, I'll go first. I thought that was really good. You guys both brought some really good points to the debate there. Um, I kept kind of going back and forth each time you said something different between the two of you. Um. I think the debate itself went very well. So after giving it some good thought and consideration, I think it's it's pretty tough to choose really who won that one because, Ian, you brought up some really good points that I really never thought about before. But I think the one fact that really kind of drove home Nate's point is the disruption to the entire offensive scheme. I mean, yes, you get that sometimes when you've got like a Jamal Adams blitzing as often as he does in the backfield, but that's not a traditional DB role. Um, So there are some anomalies, but I think the fact that, you know, the traditional need for the pass rush is to be in that backfield and whether it's getting in the backfield and blowing plays up, getting to the the running back, or even like, you know, like you said, Nate, you're making your entire line plus a tight end or whoever having to also double and triple coverage a player. I mean, that's, that's completely blowing your normal offensive scheme out of the water. So I think just that fact there that you brought up, Nate gives, wants me to vote for you and give you the win for my side for the debate. So I think it was tough. It was close. I let the go to Nate. Yeah. Um, really good debate guys. Um, Ian, you got, you got yourself some good questions two weeks in a row. But uh, you've also got some good guests to debate with two weeks in a row. So, you know, yeah, not giving you too much credit there. Um, I think that the best point that a- that Ian brought up, in my opinion, was um, that you don't necessarily need. Actually, I think that Nate, you might have mentioned it, but I thought it was a strong point for Ian that you don't necessarily need the big name guys on the line. They're a dime a dozen, like you said, and that, you know, you, you usually would rather have a a big name DB or safety, um, which to me, like, I think that's a strong point for, for coverage that you don't necessarily need the, the best players on the line to the line is, is going to be what it is. Um, but I also think that 
a rising tide lifts all ships. And if the coverage is good, then it doesn't matter if the pass rush is bad, but it makes it a lot harder for them. And if the pass rush is good, then the coverage doesn't have to be as good. It's like having two lines of defense as opposed to having one. If you have a good, um, if you have a good pass rush, then it makes it that much easier on the coverage. But it's not really vice versa. I mean, maybe you could say that a quarterback feels pressured by you know having to throw at the best corners and safeties, but at the same time, it, it's an, a more immediate impact to have a pass rush that's going to be in your face. Um, and I think that the whole having a scheme around you know the good lines good front sevens of the of the NFL is probably more detrimental in my opinion to an offense so i'm going to i'm going to go with Nate as well right on that makes sense he had some good points and honestly one thing i'm glad he did not say like i was really scared uh, one one thing I didn't bring up is, you know, I mentioned that it could be uh, sort of a vice versa point too, where I said that, you know, you've got a, um, <clears throat> you know, the weak link thing I mentioned, and then the double teaming of the, of like the defensive lineman, you know, it's funny because the other side of it, which would make my point way worse is uh, that the other side of it is wide receivers, like the elite wide receivers, you're going to need multiple DBs to face that guy, Right. So yeah. like you're 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 opening up the the secondary for that, which I was not gonna say during the debate, you know, because that would make the coverage yeah. unit look way weaker. But um, yeah. I'm, I'm glad you didn't catch that. We got to start telling our uh, guests that they don't have to tell the debater that they made a good point. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, because he the, did though. He did. Yeah. yeah. Well, I appreciate that. The one I think. You didn't necessarily uh, give me the point, but Jeremy, when he was on here, even though he he won the debate, he uh, he, he a couple times he said, "Man, you're right." The you know he was he was uh, arguing in favor of DK Metcalf being better than AJ Brown, and he said, "Man, you're right. DK sucks sometimes." Like, well, man, you don't. I wouldn't say that in the <laughs> middle of the debate, <laughs> you know. But that's all right. He's still our champion, so can't really knock him. Yep. Like I say, Ian, I'm glad you didn't. There was there was one fact that I kept waiting for you to bring up that may have made made me giving you the win, and that was the fact of how good the Cowboys front seven was supposed to be this year. But our defense is just absolutely atrocious with that front seven. Yeah. Had you brought that up, I may have had to have given you the the win. <laughs> oh sure, I'm sure you wanted me to bring up the Cowboys. <laughs> Yeah, it honestly started changing my perspective slightly when I was watching the game on uh, Monday night when it was Steelers versus uh, Washington because those two teams have elite front sevens, like some of the best pass rushes in football, and it disrupted the whole game for both sides. And it honestly, like obviously pass rush is extremely valuable. I think coverage is slightly more valuable in certain ways. Uh, as I mentioned, but yeah, I mean that that was one thing I thought while you were asking it. Changing the wording of the question did make it a lot closer to me when you said what's more valuable to a team because mm-hmm. you're right, like turnovers is is everything to a defense. But when it was when the question was which is more effective at disrupting the quarterback, then it was to me it was no question. It was it was pass rush. Pass rush. Right. My only my only other point would be that I know it's pass rush we're talking about and their goal is to get to the quarterback but that also affects rushing opportunities whereas coverage 
it doesn't, it, you know, if your team is built around running the ball, then if the holes are big, it doesn't matter how good your coverage is. Maybe they'll get a tackle, but it's going to be, you know, 10, 15 yards down the field. Sure. Yeah. You know, I was really, really scared you were going to bring up What's was that? the last play in the Jets and Raiders game. Oh, I thought you were going to bring up. I <laughs> yeah. thought you were going to bring up that coverage. How could I have debated that? Yeah. That's, That's what I was so scared you were going to say. Dang, I did not even consider that. I mean, that got Greg Williams fired. Yeah, <laughs> that one play got him fired because, like, I think that was just their way of saying, "Hey, we're tanking, but don't make it look too obvious." Yeah, <laughs> I think everybody's on the same page with that one, though. Right. All right. Well, that was that was I, that was a fun debate for me, man. I I I, I like debating you. We should do it again yeah, that sometime. Was fun. Yeah, yeah. I, I liked it too. Maybe take it to Twitter. Maybe. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So last segment we're going to go into, it's the over-under segment, and uh, we'll have Sarah describe that for us. In the final segment of our show, the over-under section, one of our hosts will fire off as many questions as our guest can answer in one minute. Based on the context, our guest will have to decide whether the number provided in the question is too high or too low by choosing the over or under. They will have the opportunity to wager any points they've accrued throughout the episode if they believe they can successfully answer five questions correctly in the allotted time. If they don't confidently believe they can accomplish this feat, they will be able to opt out of the wager and earn five points per correct answer. All right, Nate, so do you want to wager your points, any amount of points, you don't have to wager all of them, but do you want to wager points or do you want to opt out and get five points per correct answer? Well, I feel like the only way to win is probably to get as many points as you can. So I'm going to go ahead and wager all 55, I guess. Love nice. it. Let's do it. All right. all right. So 55 points, you double that. You could be at 110, but you could also get a few more if you have some left on the timer. So Mike's going to give you the questions, and the timer will start as soon as Mike finishes reading the first question. All right. For our first question, and then we will continue. I will not break between them. Derek Carr and Henry Ruggs' last second go-ahead touchdown was over or under 45 yards? Under. Over, 46. Darren Waller had 200 yards on over or under 14 receptions? Under. Under, 13. Taysom Hill set career highs in touchdowns, carries, rushing yards, and completions with over or under 25 completions? Over. Over, 27. Michael Thomas reached 500 career receptions this weekend in over or under 65 games. Under. Over, 69. Kelsey's 136 yards this past week put him at over or under 1,100 yards on the season. Over. Over, 1114. Baker's 290 yards and four touchdowns contributed to a franchise record first half with over or under 36 points. Over. Over, 38. Aaron Rodgers surpassed 35 touchdowns this week, putting him over or under six seasons at that mark. Over. Under five. Philip Rivers passed 3K yards this week, giving him over or under 14 seasons with at least that many. Under. Over 15. Mm, Two that's ahead. That's it. Time. Dang, you yeah. only got four. Uh, I was that's hoping. Right. I was right. pulling for you on that last one. Dang, that sucks, man. You still did that's great, though, good. leading up to that. I mean... 
Yeah, sorry about that. That was a good. I'll debate. tell you right now. That was a that was a bad week to fix my car on Sunday. I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Well, you know, you still got, you still can have a chance at points with the with the draft. Uh, so maximum points you could have is thirty after this week, which is the lowest on the leaderboard. But we still had fun, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, I didn't really do this. Well, first of all, you do everything to try to win. I mean, <laughs> I don't, I don't know who, I don't know what you're doing if you don't try, right? Right. But I mean, I, I simply came on here for just a little bit of experience, a little practice, and to mm-hmm. just check it out. You guys are all cool guys. I had fun. So, I mean, this is definitely a win for the fantasy turf over here. So, right yeah. on, man. Glad to hear awesome. that. Glad to have you. You seem yeah, like pretty good guy yourself. Yeah. Um. So, did you make the uh, playoffs in our dynasty league? I did not. Oh, you missed out. You were close last yeah. week. I wasn't sure. Yeah, I was close. Uh, I don't remember who. Uh, was it Dynasty Sweat? I believe is his Twitter name. Mm-hmm. He put up like 175 points on me, Eesh. and Justin Herbert got me six points. Antonio oh. Gibson got me like six points. So it was just like there was not a chance. Yeah, yeah. Derek knows that pain. Herbert yeah. hurt me in a couple of leagues, mainly my big money league. I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it back. It's a two-week playoff for each round. and Luckily, I get CMC back this week, maybe. Yeah. But I just don't think it's going to be enough to cover the spread and then get ahead of them. So yeah. Herbert, Herbert hurt me big time. Yeah. Especially when you have Kyler blow up on your bench in the same, in the same game. <laughs> it's actually funny about Herbert because uh, a week ago – I sent you a message asking uh, if I could trade you a bunch of picks for Justin Herbert. Oh, yeah. And you said no, which, I mean, of course, in the long run, it's still going to be yeah. worth it for Herbert. But if yeah. I had taken him, I might have lost my matchup, and I might have missed the playoffs if I'd taken him yeah. off your hands. So true. I'm glad that didn't happen. <laughs> but true. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, man, well, uh, appreciate you having us on with us. It was a lot of fun. And we'll yeah, have you back on again fun. soon. So uh, Sounds good. Yeah, man. So uh, before we go, I'm going to shout out to our socials real quick. Uh, I'm on, we are on Twitter at gauntlet guys. Um, and I'm on sleeper. I am Ian Miller TN on sleeper. Derek is D deer on sleeper. And Mike is Mike Castile on sleeper. And as Nate said, he is fantasy turf on sleeper and Twitter. And uh, we'll be sure to share this to all our leagues. Hopefully all of our guys listen to it. <laughs>